You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. Mm-hmm. All right. It. It's ladies' night on tonight's Woo-hoo. Fargo wrap-up. David is out, and we've got Marissa <laughs> Serafini on the ones and twos. What's up, ladies? Hey, hey. <laughs> ladies' night. Ladies' night. So, welcome, everybody. This is uh, our wrap-up of Fargo, episode four, Eating the Blame. My name is Oriana Leo, your host, and my lovely ladies to the left, helping me round out the panel. Uh, My name is Jillian Leff. Hi, guys. I'm Sarah Huggins. Hello. And first of all, we would love to thank the Fargo Fan Club for putting us back on the top ten list. Woohoo! Thank you very much. And uh, we do love your comments, again, on YouTube and iTunes. Thanks for thumbs up or giving us a star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. So starting off this episode, um, it's 1987. Bringing us back to the flick, are we, Ariana? (laughs) Yes, I am. So it's 1987. uh, We see Stavros, wife and child, a very sad scene on this frozen tundra running out of gas. I didn't think it was our Stavros, though. I knew it was because of the name, but right. the resemblance, did you guys, did you put it? You, not so much. Not I mean, so much. I, obviously, if the wife did not say his name, I don't think we would have put two and two together. Sure. Um, but we do see a very desperate man, mm-hmm. which sort of reminds me of, you know, Lester um, or our main character in the actual Fargo movie, a very desperate man willing to do anything, Literally sort of at his wit's end. Sell his soul. Really willing to do anything. And he is, you know, he jumps out of the car. They're out of gas. He's going to go take a look. And the semi-truck comes by, doesn't stop, doesn't even slow down. Mm-hmm. But while Stavros is on the ground with his face full of snow... <laughs> He says a prayer, and I actually wrote it down because he said, let us prosper in the smallest of ways, and I'll be your humble servant for the rest of my days. He was a poet, and he didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> but he cute. says this this prayer, and it I think we can all relate to that moment of feeling so desperate right. and so just low that there's nothing else. We're going to pray to God, just please save us in some way. Show us a sign. Do tell. In some way. Tell us about your experience. <laughs> well, that's going to take a whole nother hour. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, I could really relate to him. I really yeah. felt like, I mean, what's he going to do? There's a baby in the car. Mm-hmm. They're on a frozen tundra. They have no gas and they have no money. I mean, he's the provider, you know, it's plus his wife's kind of like a doesn't seem like the nicest lady. Well, she was like <laughs> she's pretty she was like up. Mrs. Nygaard, may she rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um a little bit of a biatch. A little bit of a biatch. Like, I don't I, feel like the ladies are very nice in general. No. And it might be the cold temperatures. I don't know. But I was actually had that moment when when he were in the car and what's his name? Stavros says Give me a second I need to think. I feel like I was like, you can't talk to your man like this. He could kill you. 
I thought he was going to. Do you know what I to. mean? Like, I thought he might snap. I mean, you cannot. Ladies, okay? This <laughs> is just a public service announcement. Ladies at home, be careful of the tone you take with your man. He might have a weapon. I guess. Okay. Just snap one day. <laughs> and let let me say it the other way around as well. Be careful. Yes. The other yes. gentleman. Yeah. No, you know you should never yeah. talk to your lady. We don't have to tell you that, right? <laughs> yeah. um, um, but we do see that Stavros sort of has a moment where he connects with God or he sees... Um, the window scraper mm-hmm. propped in the in the snow. I had a I had a major moment. I just went, that's the money. Oh, yeah, we're out and I were like, oh, the, the money, the money, the money from the movie. Thank you for finally bringing it full circle, Fargo writers. Yes. Do you think that's the last time that's going to happen? I hope not. I hope not. It was really nice. I yeah, that was my feeling. It was really nice to see the dots connect. Finally. Yeah. I was hoping that it was going to be some sort of fun way how Stavros came into the money. Mm-hmm. Because the wife always alluded to, you know, she really didn't know what happened. Right. Um, so I hope that we sort of, we've seen the beginning of the story and we've seen the tail end of his story. But I want to see the the middle. Right. You know, like, so did he, is that wife gone? Or is that the same woman? And she just looks a lot better now. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's what I was guessing. My assumption was that, you know, they got rich, which tends to make one look much better, Mm -hmm. right? Because being poor is makes you look haggard. You're tired, right? You're trying to take care of your family. It really doesn't look good. And then you get all this money and you can afford nice clothes and nice things and, you know, some some luxury items and some time off. A trainer. Right? A trainer. That helps. Slash boyfriend. Although it doesn't, you know, money does not buy a... Reverse Happy. aging, because apparently right. it's the 40, past the 40-year mark is what ruined her nether regions, according to Stavros, and why he wants the divorce in the first place. Right. Such a creep. Such a creeper. <laughs> so what we, the main thing that we get from this, though, is that he says God is real. Mm-hmm. Right? So we know that he has this belief system that we've seen in this scene that does come to play a little bit later. Now, I had, what we were kind of arguing about is, was the plumber... That came oh, right. to check Stavros's pipes. Was that the trainer? You guys thought it was someone else. I thought it was the same guy. Because he has the same... Like, I think it's someone else. I thought it was someone else, Okay, too. so we have two differing opinions. My thought was that it's the same guy, and he's saying, and God sent a plague upon the land, you better get right with the Lord. And that's part of the whole mind trick that Lauren has set him up to do. But how would he know to do that, though? Also, the way that he looked at him when he saw Lauren standing in the driveway, he was just like, he was confused. Like, he didn't know him. Good point. And then he got into the car. I was mainly confused because of the chin hair. And the fake tan. And the fake tan facial structure just kind of seemed like looked really familiar. But maybe it was like that on purpose. Okay, well, fans, you know. We know you know. (laughs) So please tell us. Yes. If you would tweet me, actually, that would be great so I would know. I don't have to go back and read all the comments. That would be awesome. (laughs) I'll read them later, but I want to know, like, right now. At Miss Oriana Leo Oh, yeah, that would be great right now. Yeah, I want to know right now. Real time. Mm -hmm. So we don't know yet, but we see Lauren is watching. Mm -hmm. What, what, I mean... He's always watching. What is this about? He's in the bushes. (laughs) He's watching... He wants to just make sure that everything goes according to his his little plan. He needs to make sure that Stavros is still freaked out. Because, you know, the guy the guy almost couldn't believe that there was blood in his pipes. Yeah, he thinks he's crazy. Yeah. 
and he calls him crazy. Yeah, he does actually call him crazy, which you mentioned, Julian, is never a good idea. Yeah. Which I, I also thought that that was going to end in some sort of weird death in that pool as the so plumber was walking away. I thought he was going to throw him in the pool or something. I just, I mean, clearly Stavros is completely tweaking. Not only right. has... <laughs> Not only has he been taking Ritalin like it's aspirin, right. uh, which is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Ritalin by itself is a huge issue if you don't need it. Um, so he is just already, his anxiety level is super high. So anything that happens to him, it's going to be sort of magnified in his mind. Absolutely. Um, he's gone. He's on the crazy bus. <laughs> yeah, he definitely thinks he's gone. I mean, the way he touched his head <laughs> right. in that one scene, it was, it kind of, it I kind mean, of looked like he thought I mean, maybe, wouldn't you? What, his hair was falling though? off? Yeah, oh, like, like something be. is going in wrong inside yeah. his head. But if all that stuff was happening to me, I would be flipping out as well. Yeah. So. Especially being the king. Right. You, I think you'd have a certain level of expectation that everything goes right for you. Right. You can, you can get to the bottom of it, get the answers. And he think this is probably the first time for Stavros in a long time that he hasn't had the answers, that things aren't going his way. Exactly. But we know that he made this pledge to God, and so now it's getting into his head that perhaps... He hasn't been as good as he could have been over the past few years. Exactly. Yeah. So then we see Agreed. Gus G. I don't know if you guys picked up Gus, Gus G. G. That's what I wrote down. Gus Grimley. Totally fine. <laughs> Gus G. The Grimster. The Grimster. So, uh, when he gets called on to the canine murder, did you notice when he goes, when the, he's saying, isn't that for, uh, animal control? Like, oh no, he's out sick. He goes, gosh, he's always out sick. What does he have? The cancer? And she goes, yeah, he has leukemia. Oh, jeez. I just love, uh, that was the first thing I wrote down is that in Duluth, a dead dog is a big deal. I mean, not to say, I mean, I love animals and everything, but in Los Angeles, if a dog is killed, sadly... The cops are not called no, out for it. No, So. Yeah. This is a murdered canine. It's a murdered right. canine. Which he does bring up a good <laughs> point. Is it murder if it's a canine? I don't know. What is the definition of murder? Yeah. Does it say human? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you if you kill a locust, like later, if you kill a cricket, is that murder? I mean, we can I get into know. a whole existential discussion, just, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not today, ladies. Not today. Um, I would like to say, I think we should start counting how many times Ajis is used every episode. I didn't oh, get to do it this time because I was a little late. That's a great idea. Yeah. But so starting next week, starting next week, I'm going to do it. Okay. And then. Also, there's a lot of bathroom scenes, but I don't know as, if there are as many as Ajis's. So, I I was going to count those too, but we'll I, pass. I concur. I think those are absolutely great. Right? Yes. All right. I love it. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to monitor. Well, Gus definitely spoke the most Ajis's in this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of see him for the first time. I think in his entire career as an officer of the law, oh, yes. arrest someone. Mm-hmm. That was so embarrassing. Where were the Miranda rights? <laughs> I, I watch. I watch SVU. I yeah. know these things. Yeah. No, that's no Miranda first thing rights. I said. Ice T has taught me them. Yeah, okay? yes. yeah. Ice T knows his Miranda rights. I mean, but even like he doesn't even say. He says for what charge? He just says, like oh, we'll uh, figure that out at the station. I mean, like you said. All you have to do is watch a little bit of television to know that, that that's not the way it's supposed to be done. Right. I love that Lauren didn't even see. He was just kind of like, I'm definitely going to get out of this. Like, he didn't seem scared at <laughs> okay, all. Okay. So I was wondering, why is he messing with his hair? Remember, he pushed his bangs back right mm-hmm. before while he's pretended to be on the phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, it makes like, that big of a difference. Well, so here's the thing. I was thinking, 
well, that's weird. What's There's got to be something about it. But later on, he really does look different when he's got the glasses, the sweater, his hair is pulled back, and they compare it to the photo they have. He looks really different. So this guy has it all figured out, right? I mean, not only does he have his alternative identity as the minister, but he even knows that he can toy with this guy by telling him he's on the phone, and he knows he's not going to put it down. It's a brand new phone. And meanwhile, change his hairstyle. Yeah, he's, I mean, he knew. He knew as soon as Gus started, Gus looked at him, walked over to him. He knew it was going to happen. What was going to happen, Jillian? (laughs) No, he knew. He said, you're going to tell me you're making a mistake. (laughs) You're making a mistake. And you know what? Gus ended up telling his boss that he's making a mistake. Just a few hours later. That must have felt crappy. Well, you know, actually, who probably felt crappier in this episode? Molly. Oh, my gosh. I know. She cannot catch a break, that no. woman. She's so smart. And it's just, you know, for the life of him, <laughs> the chief, what is his name? He's so mean. Oswald. Oswald. Yeah. Sheriff Oswald, he just doesn't want to, he doesn't want anything to do with her. Okay, so when Molly sits down at her computer, um, other than the Asian <laughs> swordfish porn, I, didn't yeah. ca- I did not catch what was coming up. Also, fans, is that a thing? Yeah. What is that? We were like. Why was that coming through? Like, I thought maybe that was the chief's computer but it wasn't oh maybe pterodactyl porn's a thing just a side <laughs> note so okay. i wouldn't doubt that yeah <laughs> i wouldn't doubt if that was a thing. um i think maybe she because you know how well it takes place in what 2006 <laughs> so obviously she was on a pc and there's right. viruses it's not like yeah not we're not in the mac ages no not yet back then it, at least it wasn't like super mainstream but maybe it was just a you know a, a rogue website that yeah. she decided to click on Probably. Yeah. That's just probably. We're going to go with that. But you know what? Maybe, I mean, fishing fishing aficionados, say that 10 times fast. Maybe that's what they would like to look at. That's true. Also, maybe it's like a clue for us because she's been fishing for a lot of answers. That's true. Why the Asian girls? I know. I don't want to bring Asian girls in bikinis into it, but I'm just saying maybe it's a message. (laughs) Maybe it's a message. Okay. Well, we we will find out. So Gus calls Molly Mm -hmm. and it really juxtaposes their two different styles, experience (laughs) levels, intellect. I mean, he's saying, oh, we got the guy. And she's like, whom? You know, doing what, where, how? And he doesn't have really answers to anything. But I loved how she played coy. Who is this? Mm -hmm. Who are you? I was like, oh, are we playing the game now? Right, right. Is that what we're doing? I know, and I couldn't. Yeah, that was what I was like. Is this about the case or is this... Is this the love connection? Oh, we had we shared shakes the other night. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yes. I love that. That's like a thing. I know. That's one so one cute. of them had bourbon, ooh, but just one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she has to go into Chief Oswald's office and to interrupt Stormwatch 2006, mm-hmm. right. uh, in which he's debriefing everyone to let them know if they like to make some extra money right. snow plowing. They could go right ahead. Clearly, it's uh, slim pickings on the yeah <laughs> jobs there. Exactly. Um, and the poor thing, I mean, she wants to go, but it made me wonder why she even said anything. I mean, she right. never explained the situation before. Mm-hmm. Why would she do it now? She seems like she needs to pick either, you know, ask, you know, what is the saying when you just do it and, and ask for forgiveness? Ask for forgiveness, ask for not permission. permission. Right. She's already done that before. Why wouldn't she just stick with it? I honestly don't know. I, I mean, know. I I feel bad for her, but also I feel like if she's really that much of a 
like she really wants this that bad she should just be doing it anyway i know but i mean i she looked so beat down she looks so beat down and you have to feel for her i mean as the only woman around Mm -hmm. and then also the only one who has any sense to connect these things and to be working them right it's got to be so frustrating for her but you know she did she should have kept her mouth shut i really think Yeah. yeah i do too so. I mean, but little things, little things that she did came creeping out when, like, they were like, oh, Molly put the picture in the file, and the chief was like, oh, I didn't see that. I know. I think there's there's really no way for her to be successful. Yeah. You know, if she goes behind his back, he's just going to fire her or something, right. you know? Right. So she has to figure out. How to do it incognito. She has to figure out. This is what we all have to figure out. <laughs> Tell us. Is Life how lessons. to get. Yeah, it's true. How to get what you want while convincing your superiors that it's what they want too. <laughs> right? Because if you come off as a threat, you can't get what you want to get done done. But if you can if you can be seen as an asset, an ally. And sometimes you have to, I don't know, manipulate the situation. Right. I, have been, I have been watching a lot of damages though. Gotcha. So that gotcha. Maybe you need to give Molly a call. Yes. Give her some Should I call advice. Molly? Next up, girl. So uh, we then get to see inside Lester's house, and we finally get a voice, <laughs> his brother, who actually says, Ew. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, don't you know? There's oh, a he, service we could have called for that. Right. I mean, he does talk about the service. It's like, well, that should be mandatory. Why didn't you call it? So, you know, his brother is like are you serious? They left the house like this. There's blood on the ground. There's like DNA everywhere. And Lester says, oh yeah, there's a number they leave you to call and they'll clean it up. And my first question is, well, why wouldn't you have done that? Because he's still not ready to take care of his hand. He's he's not ready to do anything, take care of anything, take responsibility. He's not even good. He can't even like effectively cover up his crime. No. He can't do anything. I'm starting to really side with his wife. God rest her soul. The hammer is still downstairs. In the washing machine. What is wrong with him? He's going to lose his hand. Gross. I don't think he's going to lose it. Oh, my God. So gross. That thing was, that thing is festering. Okay. So he he goes, he wants to go in the room. He grabs the suitcase. It touches his hand and he unravels (laughs) it. And I like. You guys just about passed out. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe I have a super vivid imagination. Fans, I'd love to know what you guys were thinking. But when he unwrapped it, I I was afraid I was going to like smell it. Like that's how much, because <laughs> you know. I mean, literally, that's that kind of wound would be stinky. So much pus, gross. I don't See? like that word. See, <clears throat> See? that's it's what I was feeling. Pussy. Yep, it was all swollen, and he needs to get it figured out. Was he trying to take? He was trying to pull something out of it. I have no idea what he was trying to do. He and was, is the casing still stuck in there? The little. I mean, right? no, I don't think so. I thought it was like a burn in the beginning, right? I have no idea. It was what some it is kind of burn point. of damage on his hand that he's right. just never treated. All he had to do was get the ointment, but mm. no. Now yeah. it's mm. so nasty and festering and disgusting. But yeah, it, look, he was trying to do something, but then I, he got a phone call. I thought maybe he <laughs> would pinch it, like before he was pinching the pus out of it. Ugh. Oh, like, ugh. well, thank God the phone call stopped. Yeah, so it. then the phone rings, and who is it? Hot man meat. <laughs> Adam Goldberg, a.k.a. Mr. Mr. Numbers. But he didn't announce himself. He didn't say that. Oh, but we knew. We, we knew. knew it was him. We knew it was we him. We knew that voice. But he calls and he threatens. And he says, was it worth it? Worth what? Your life. Well, and he was talking about Mrs. Hess. They're like, well, what they thought was a love affair. Romp. But he little, was accusing him yeah. of, like, you know, banging Mrs. Hess every night. Which right. it looked like it 
that was just a you know she was just showing him how good she stretches right yeah. but One i mean time. they were watching and typical stripper yeah. <laughs> um depending on how long they had been watching if they had just gotten there i can yeah. understand how they would think that there was something else going on. And clearly on. these guys don't really care to find out the whole story, right? right. I no. mean, all they want to do is make him squeal, make right. him tell, make make him say it, then they'll kill him, then they'll feel better. And the yeah. job's over. Right. It's done. And that's what they care about most, right? Their it's, hands are clean. Right. They and want their they job paid. to be done and get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that that's what they're after. And uh, we, we see them at the diner. Subtitles. Finally. First time. That was really cool. I loved the way they did that. Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers at the diner fighting in American Sign Language. (laughs) But I thought it was weird when I thought Mr. Numbers sat down, he was going to start eating. And then he fights like nobody likes to be watched while they're eating. But then the whole thing ends so quickly. Neither of them eat. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I was like, this is, I don't know what's going on. So they like, are they, they seem like they're legitimately mad at each other. They're having a lover's <laughs> quarrel of some kind. Right. Like, they don't agree with how they're going about this job. Yeah, I think, well, isn't it Mr. Numbers that's saying, you know, we need to scare him? And that's the that's the way we're going to get him to talk, right? Yeah. Well, Mr. Ranch is saying we can't be sure. Like we can't go ahead yeah. and do it unless we're sure. And Mr. Numbers doesn't seem to care as much about being sure. He just right. wants to do it. He's like, all we need to do is hear him say it, and then it's done. Right. Which is enough for him. But you know, I guess the you know the the argument is concluded by Mr. Ranch saying, "All right, we'll 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 scare him and get the truth out of him mm-hmm. and make him talk." Um, of course, we see that that's not exactly what happened. Which I could see. I mean, I know obviously the way it played out, but I could see Lester. He's not a very strong man. Like, I could see him admitting to a crime that he did not commit. Right? Yeah. Well, and also, why <laughs> wouldn't they just torture him? I right? mean, it seems like stick, yeah. stick something in that wound. Ew. And he would tell them anything he wanted to. Well, I think that they had every intention of using the ice hole that he was drilling right. after they captured so you, him. Sure, but not for torture. Just I mean. To dump him in? I I think that they just were going to kill him either way. Yeah. I think Mr. Numbers wants to kill him either way. Mr. Wrench wants there to be something. But I know, right? They're two thugs. So who knows what they're real, you know, they want to get paid, right? So we get taken over to, back to Duluth, uh, the Duluth PD. We see Chief Oswald. And they are um, ushering in our minister. (laughs) What a fantastic scene. Yeah, that was Billy Bob, I have to say, such a great scene to think that, like, Billy Bob is acting as a character who's acting as another character. Right. Yeah. That really tripped me out. A like, lot of layers. A lot of layers. Yeah. And this um, Minister Peterson, that was from upstate in Minnesota, I guess, mm-hmm. um, he really had his info down. Right. Like, I was really surprised that he just, rat- like, rattled off all these names. I love how he was talking about it, it was bingo well, night. Well, this is what we have, have to out. remember, right? We have to think back to the first episode where we are introduced to Lorne Malvo's boss mm-hmm. right. who puts everything together for him. So this is a, this is a professional undertaking. I it's mean, not anyone just... that has like 16 uh, regular rotary dial phones, yeah. that's professional. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not just like a hobby that he has. No. You know, this is – he works for somebody that legitimately – Steals identities. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. Now, absolutely. We don't know if uh, 
the minister is a real person. He's got to be. He's got. I mean, he has to be real because it looked like if the if the police officers did their job, which that might be a stretch that they actually made the phone calls and checked. But, but they got all. He got all these. He gave them names, mm-hmm. places, everything. And if they even just called one of the people and asked about, do you know Minister Peterson? They said yes. I mean, right. Well, they did. They did call. They they called one place. So he and, has to be a real person. And he hung up and he said, "Well, he sounds like an upstanding citizen." And there we and go. And he is an upstanding citizen. He just wasn't there being interrogated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So it kind of like you said, it goes to show the level of sophistication of the world that Lauren comes from. But this is the thing. Speaking about sophistication, what I was baffled by is that Lauren used his actual name in the innkeeper's book. Now, I'm sorry, but if you are that good at what you do, but there has to be a reason okay, why every you put move that is name calculated, down. though. So yeah, yeah. so I'm what saying. is that? So we may we may know that Lauren. We may find out that's not his real name. That's mm-hmm. just an alias he uses a lot. That's true, right? right? Or he, maybe he's leaving breadcrumbs right. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. I mean, I just remember specifically that scene at the motel was so bizarre. Right? He gave the woman so much grief about the pet policy, right? And right. he gave the son a lot of grief about taking grief from his mom and told her what he should do. Yeah, like that was his, our real introduction to what a total just maniacal beast this guy is and he put his real name there's got to be a reason i wonder if it's just so that because he knows that they the police know his Mm -hmm. name so i feel like if that you know lorne if it's him or you know whoever it is if that person just falls off the face of the planet it is a lot more suspicious than if you know, he's seen a couple of places. So maybe that's why. Maybe and like you said, it's planting breadcrumbs, though, in the right. sense that if the police go to him and say, Lauren Melba, well, now he knows that a certain dot has been connected. Right. So he purposely makes himself memorable in every situation that he's in. Right. Regardless of the name. The name means nothing. Very true. Every situation, you know, that's why the kid at the inn... He saw his picture and knew exactly who he was. Everyone sees a speck of him and knows exactly who he is. So there also has to be a reason why he's not trying to be so more stealthy about the things that he does. Mm-hmm. He has – well, he's, he's got that sociopathic side to him where – He, like, gets off on yeah, he, right. he enjoys yeah. it yeah. and he's so confident that mm-hmm. he will not get caught. Right. He's so I mean, but confident. he's like – I mean – He has every reason know. to be. Yeah. I mean, he didn't seem scared at all. He wasn't shaken by that whole experience. At all. No. I mean, and what does he do when he turns around and says, um, when Gus Grimley, you know, talks to him and says, Lauren Malvo, and he turns around, he doesn't even... He gives him a riddle. He gives him a riddle. He doesn't even really address the issue at hand. He just says, the human eye can see more shades of green than any other color. When you figure out the answer to that, then you'll know the answer to your question. Which I honestly didn't know the answer to at first. No. <laughs> I needed Molly's yes. solve person to yes. solve this solve. riddle for me. So did I. Yeah. I thought it was pretty impressive. I just to go back to um to Minister Peterson's performance about bingo night and his glaucoma in one eye. I mean, the details of the story he gave were so compelling and convincing. Right. And that's something I wonder, like, was that given to him? Was the profile given to him that he has glaucoma in one eye? Right. Or did he make that up? Because Part of those details are what makes stories interesting and makes stories true. Right. So when you go to the police or if you're going to be investigated for anything, if there's nothing 
that stands out, it's going to be suspicious. Right. So for him to have a reason for, I would never speed because I have glaucoma. Like, right. It just was so perfect. It. He knew he was going to get arrested. That's he fine. sure did. But yeah. it just, I'm like, he, this guy's mind. Yeah. He's is insane. So what we do find, excuse me, is that uh, when the motel owners are talking about him and they know, you know, they have his name, the son mentions that he had tokens from the Lucky Penny. Was that the strip club? Do we know what the Lucky Penny oh, is? Oh, that would be a good point. I feel like that's a strip club name. <laughs> that's what Jillian said. I, I thought strip club right away. I just, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, fans, tweet us. Yeah, let what us was know. the Lucky the Penny? The tokens from the luck and Lucky Penny. I feel like that's going to mean something at some point. And I... Well, it meant something to Molly. It sure did. And I don't... Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I just can't remember. There's so many little things. Yeah. So, um, Lauren leaves the jail and meets with the our trainer with with a haul from the pet store. We don't know at the time what it is. Right. We just know that he's been there. I thought it was rats. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because he said there was there was only 100 or in, in the pet store. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like 100 rats. I guess, I guess that's a lot of rats. But, but he, he wanted more. Or could it like, be locusts? <laughs> That's what it was. So, um, so that was a, quite an amazing um, scene. I loved that when he was like, "Do I sound like your mom?" Yes, right. That was like my favorite line out of the whole episode. Who, who is this? Who else knows that you're in the pet store? My, my mom. mom. Do I Idiot. Sound like but she your thinks mom? I'm getting a cat. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Lester has a great. I mean, I'm sorry. Lauren has an amazing knack for picking just the dumbest people that are right. they're easily influenced. Yeah. I mean, for his level of genius, I don't really know how he manages it, but <laughs> no. I guess it's just his sick genius. Meanwhile, we've got uh, Mr. Numbers and Mr. Rent kidnapping our favorite Lester the Loser. Mm. And he calls his brother from the trunk. Okay, this was really confusing for me. Okay, tell us why. Because I I didn't understand why he changed his whole, he was like, I'm being kidnapped, and then he was like, Okay, never mind. I'm just playing a joke on you. Because he doesn't want to weave any sort of tangled web. It's very reminiscent of of the lead, the main character in the film, mm-hmm. in the sense that he felt like he could solve everything himself. You know, everyone wanted to get involved right. with the character in the film. The son wanted to get involved. His wife's father wanted to get involved. Right. But he's like, no, no, no. I need to do this by myself. Right. So and he I, just made that decision in the middle of... Well, he saw the, the taser, call? and he was like, right. I think maybe I can do this. Right. But he can't do anything. No. Why right. would he think he could do... Why Aww. does he think he can do anything? He can't do anything. That's the thing, is that he can't do anything. <laughs> well, he, he did something this episode. He did. He thought he did something. He thought he did something. That's true. So he yeah. does have the taser, and um, we there was a prediction by one of the fans on YouTube that said that the taser that he pocketed at his brother's house was going to come into play this episode. So you were right. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. Um, so he does, he does, you know, get the opportunity to use it on Mr. Numbers by having him get closer, get closer. But I mean, with no real strategy other than run to the road. And of course, right. while, while he's running through the bush, through the trees, I'm thinking, oh my God, this could be the exact ending of the naked guy. The frozen dead guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the frozen kind of, dead guy number two. Yeah. This isn't the kind of place where you just want to run off. No. But he does make it to the he does make it to the road, and of course, same thing. I'm thinking, why doesn't he say, "Please help me"? Yeah, right. There's two men nope. that just took me, nope. and they just were digging an ice hole, ready to put me in it. They would have evidence, you know. But no, he instead assaults a police officer so he can get himself arrested. Right, genius move. It actually first. is kind of smart. I mean, 
But he was panicking. Yeah. I love how many cops are in these towns. Like, I feel like they outnumber the the regular common folk. Well, they probably do. <laughs> I mean... For what purpose? Well, first of all, jobs. Yeah. True. Economy. True. We need to have a good employment staff, right? Right. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> just love to, how there's a cop in every have you been to, you've been to small towns? I of course, mean, yeah. from like, a small town. So I have a family in Massachusetts. Okay. So in Boston, not as many police. But then you go out to Plymouth and you go to the surrounding areas. There's speed traps everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you know, you don't, you go from that's a 35 true. to a 25 and you don't slow down ticket. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way it All is. Right. Keeping the peace. Yeah, I getcha. So he does manage to tase this guy, which doesn't <laughs> seem like a great idea in the long run because they're already trying to kill you. Right. Like, I mean, I guess he had to do it for survival, but boy, he is thinks he, he gets be away. Mad. Right. Yep. So he goes to jail where he thinks he's going to be safe. Oh my God, the poor guy. I loved right before, you know, the, the, the guys came in, he was sort of pressing down on, <laughs> on the bench just to, you know, see, oh, this is nice and firm. Like maybe I can just lay down <laughs> right. on this. And as he's laying down, the guys come in. He just, and he's like them. testing it, like as if, I don't know what is, what, I don't know what he's not feeling from his ass. What, cement? Yes. <laughs> right. Like, he's testing it. Like, maybe I could lie on this. It just says so much about his character, oh the way that he perceives his surroundings right. and life. Like, he can't even commit to just laying down. Yeah. He's going to test it out. Make sure it's really concrete. The end of that whole ordeal... I just cannot get Adam Goldberg's smile out of my face. It was like the best smile between this super dark beard. And he was just like, yes. So much yes. The floor length fur coat is just amazing. Like it just stands out. So even imagine if you saw someone in Bemidji wearing a floor length full coat, Mm -hmm. fur coat. It would really stand out. But so far, no one's taken notice. Yeah, I love that. I, I thought it was a great way to kind of like, well, I mean, they sort of, we, ooh. Yeah, well, well, we might as they well ended it. Yeah, I mean, so I was just going to jump to Stavros. Yeah. Um, we see him losing it in his mm-hmm. office. Right, he's in this like Adderall or Ritalin induced <laughs> neuroses where he's just typing away at his calculator. Like if he could just work any faster, mm-hmm. which he can't. Um, and his son comes in and he's upset about the way that his father's been treating his mother. I think that he, like, I don't think we find out why he's actually upset. No, I don't We either. don't. No, we don't. He just says, I want to talk to you about mom and the way you've been treating her. Oh, he says treating her? Yeah. See, I, I missed that You've part. been really mean. But he doesn't, like, get into But specifics. he doesn't get into it. He starts right. crying. Right. And he's like, well, what, are you really crying? You know, and he mentions that it's kill or be killed, son. And then that's when he sees the locust, kills it, and explains right. it's kill or be killed. Um, so many crickets, you guys. Which is really interesting about <laughs> there are low crickets, locusts, same thing. But you fans <laughs> were right last week when we were talking about uh, why was Lauren, you know, the talking Moses about thing. the Moses story. Well, it is true. The plagues have come upon Stavros, have we seen <laughs> locusts or cricket relatives, whatever they are? I like that cricket relatives. <laughs> they have yeah. definitely plagued uh, this particular market. Um. I cannot imagine being a customer in that grocery store. Ew. Can you imagine oh my God. being in a grocery store, wheeling your cart, getting an apple, and then having a bug land on your hand? I would have been that woman that had to be helped up at the end. Just, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe fly on the ground. and sliding on insects. I have a major no. insect phobia. Me too. 
sorry. So he gets a call and it has a scrambled voice on it asking for a million dollars. So we now know, you know, we know that Lauren is in charge. He's hijacked this whole operation. And then we see Stavros again saying, God is real. I don't know why it's taken so long. Like why the bloodbath didn't, (laughs) wasn't enough for him. Literally the bloodbath. But now this uh, plague of locusts hopefully will be enough for him to change his ways. I'm really wondering what, if, what Lauren is trying to get out of this other than the money. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of personal satisfaction? I think he satisfied Mm. every single trick that he puts on this guy. Do you think he wants him to repent or behave in a different way? No, I think he's just enjoying this whole thing. It's all about the ride. Yeah. It's all about the It's the journey, not the destination. (laughs) So um, we see the our gentleman in the bar, which I loved inside the bar, that there's (laughs) the bar says swine line on it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. As if the patrons are pigs, which we find out they are, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. They have a knockdown, drag down fight about probably what? Probably nothing, and that's why they end up in jail, because really... There's no better thing to do with somebody that's causing trouble than to just throw put them in the drunk tank. Yeah. Now, do, did they do this on purpose? Because they know that Lester is in jail. Well, they see him arrested. They don't know. They can't know. Did they see him get arrested? They yes. saw him get arrested oh. and get put in the car. Then for sure, 100%. Yeah, I think it was calculated because um, Mr. Numbers was already drunk when he got to the bar. Yeah. The bartender was like, you've already had some. Yes. And I, I saw, I don't know, it's it's all scheming. Like, all of these guys yes. that are con men and killers, there's all, <laughs> there's all motive for every, it's everything is calculated. Yes. And it so is true. this kill or be killed mentality yeah. that Star Wars talks about. Um, but I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine that they would have done that on purpose, but at the same time, how else were they going to get to Lester? Yeah. Right. So they must have. So poor, poor Lester. And we end the episode with him. Meeting his uh, his kidnappers in jail. And I think uh, one Besties. more thing. Um, Molly answers the riddle. She sure does. And she says that we can see many shades of green because of predators. So green is envy. The big question is... Or money. If the answer is predators, mm-hmm. if the answer is... You know, if the question that Lauren asks is why can we see more shades of green than any other color, and the answer is predators... What does that answer for Gus Grimley? What question was he asking in the first place? He was saying, why do you lie? How can you just lie like that? He was so upset. Like, how can you be this way? And then he answer, He gives him this riddle. So if the answer is predators, it, it, I feel like it only points back to Lauren's worldview about this, What exactly what Stavro says. It's kill or be killed. Yeah. So he lies mm. for self-preservation. He lies... To, for, to save himself. Yeah, I agree with that. Against the predators. Sees Thought? everyone like, else as predators. I like that, yeah. I don't know. Remember in the beginning how I was feeling so strongly about how Lorne feels like he's doing everything. It's like a positive thing that he's doing. Yeah, right. And I think that goes along with what you just said. You know, he he is feeling like all of his actions are justified. Through his worldview. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. The whole thing, he's so effed up. (laughs) Like, I can't. Can't get behind that mind. Bye, Tuesday. You're drunk. The whole day. I mean, it's just... Kind of amazing. I can't wait to see what happens to the character just because he is so twisted in himself. Right. 
that he's really weaving the main web. He absolutely is. Yeah. I, I can't even... I feel like we got to see so much more into his just, like, crazy sociopathic mind mm-hmm. in this episode. I'm so excited for more. Me but too. speaking of which, do we have any news and gossip? I, I mean, I don't. Do I you? don't either. Do you? Well, Marissa, we can still play our little news and gossip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. So the one thing I can tell you is that I've been working on getting Adam Goldberg to come in, and uh, it looks like he's very busy right now. I'm still going to continue the Twitter campaign, so fans, if you'd like to tweet him, maybe we can get him to at least do a call-in interview. I think that would be great to get. Doesn't have to be long. Yeah. It could be 10 or 20 minutes. So um, Adam Goldberg, if you're listening, or fans, if you want to tweet him. At Adam Goldberg, I believe, or the Adam. I think Goldberg. it's the Adam. Goldberg. Yeah, at the Adam Goldberg on Twitter. Tweet him, and then also I'm uh, been tweeting Allison Tolman, who plays oh, cool. our Molly Solverson. As have I. Yes. Uh, we'd love to have her on. And again, fans, anyone you want to have on, let us know, and please tweet them. Uh, we can do kind of a coordinated campaign to try to get some guests in our studio. Yay! Moving on. Yes. To predictions. Predictions. And now. You're after Buzz TV predictions. So we were lucky enough this time to see both a recap in the beginning mm-hmm. and the previews, which we haven't seen all of those all together yet, right. I don't think. Um, so given all the information that we saw, Jillian? Uh, so I wrote down two things. Um, number one, romance. Uh, I think the fire is finally going to be ignited between Gus and Molly, which I'm super excited about. Uh, And then also, um, poor Greta, uh, Lorne is shopping for a police scanner. So I think that it's going to have something to do with Gus and his daughter's conversations um, because Lorne did warn Gus. I know, and that was something I was thinking when he went after him. Yeah. Yes. I, I was like, what he are you not doing? someone you want to mess with. Exactly. This is not someone you want to mess with. He warned you, and this is the reason you didn't take it to the cops in the first place was because of your daughter. Right. And he seemed to have forgotten that part. <laughs> so that that's mine. Mine are exactly the same. I hope that... That we get to maybe a kiss? I don't know. I don't know. know. Oriana, what do you think? Well, I would love to see a romance. I have a really hard time I feel like that would be awkward if they kissed. I just just have a hard time seeing Molly taking another, like... Another cop that's not really good at his job. Right. Seriously. Right. He's already <laughs> surrounded by these in, incompetent right. men. Right. And Gus has kind of demonstrated his incompetence. That's true. However, I mean, a girl's got to get it sometimes. Yeah, so we never know. Um, I would love to see. I predict another bathroom scene. Okay. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Shocker. And I really hope that we get another pooping scene. Yeah. This time it was just a number one. It was. Yeah. It would really. <laughs> but, uh, it would make my life. But I love. I would like to say I love how they have a lot of serious conversations. In the bathroom. While, yeah. In the restroom. Yeah. This is where a lot of business takes place. Yes. Both <laughs> literally and literally. I <laughs> yeah, think it's where all the business. <laughs> So, uh, wrapping up our show, let's let everyone know where they can find you. Sarah, where can the people find you? <laughs> I am at Sarah on the go, Sarah with an H on Twitter, and SarahBear67 on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JillianLeff, or on Instagram at JillyLeff, or if you're really feeling like Googling, you could find me on the website, JillianLeff.com. <laughs> and I'm going to 
comment and mimic just what she just said, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo, Instagram at Oriana Leo, or same thing. If you really want to go online, check out OrianaLeo.com. We'd love to thank you so much for keeping us in the top 10 Fargo fan club. Yay. Please tweet us, hashtag Fargo fan club, hashtag Augies, and please rate us on iTunes and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. We will check you out next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.